0: And good morning, Memphis. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of The Morning Show. Very excited to have you guys joining us in what will be a super fun, super fun morning. At 8 o'clock this morning, we are going to be joined by former television host. This is so neat. Merle Purvis and Joey Solopak. Of course, they worked together for years at a local TV station in the city of Memphis. They had incredible on-air rapport. Then they hop off air and that rapport only continued and they've been friends for years. And so for the first time in about two years, they sit down together in a KWM exclusive. We'll hold them for an entire hour and a lot of people are excited about this. I've gotten multiple emails of people wondering how they can stream that special. You can do that multiple ways. You can listen to us on AM, that is 990, 107 990-107-9FM. Also, you can get our app. Just type in KWAM. You can download that on your Google Play Store or your App Store. Or you can stream the show online at kwamradio.com. Also, at 7.35 this morning, the girls over at TPUSA will be in studio. The reason I say girls is because we've got the Ozark Field Representative. Then you've got the South South Central Regional Manager and the President of the University of Memphis Chapter. All TPUSA people and surrogates for that great nonprofit. But first, I wanted to jump into the big story, which is is ongoing the whole thing with the mayor sitting down with gang bangers in the city of memphis is not going over well it's not being received by the city of memphis for example the reporter that broke this story was joyce peterson over at channel 5 and they had posted that story on their social media and i will read a couple of the comments to just show you that it's not just kwam listeners that are upset about this. Some of the TV stations in towns, their markets and their listeners, excuse me, and viewers are very liberal. But even for the liberals in town, the idea, the notion that we are going to negotiate with very criminal, criminal people, just isn't. And it's not the move. Bruce writes this We don't negotiate with terrorists, we end their reign of terror permanently. Mark, wrote this lots of questions here validity of his statements who he met with do you bargain with criminals with such blatant disregard for law and lives how much of crime is directed by gang leaders versus individuals etc i have a couple more comments but i do want to just jog your memory with the mayor sit down with these quote unquote high ranking gang leaders to ask for a seven-day ceasefire. Take a listen and cut 18.
1: And my ask for them in that conversation was, can we get a seven-day ceasefire? Just seven days where there's no shooting, no killing. And they said, yeah, we would be willing to do that. And they gave me a couple of caveats. The other thing they said was, well, you know, our young guys, they need money. They need money in their pockets. That's the way you can change it. Gang members said Young want good jobs and the upskilling needed to get them. Gang leaders also telling Mayor Young. We don't have programs at, at our community centers. We don't have things to do. So we go out, we steal cars, and we ride around with our friends. I never would imagine that the mayor would be talking to us directly. Yeah. If you come to our hood, if you come over there and ask them to put the guns down, they would do it. Because they never seen anybody like you in their community talking directly to them.
0: All right, so that audio obtained by Channel 5. We're learning more about the ceasefire. According to another report by Channel 5, they are saying that Mayor Young said after the meeting with the gang bangers two weeks ago, he has not heard of any incidents within those groups for a seven-day period. So it appears to us, as we're in the news business, that said gangbangers are keeping their end of the deal. They've set down their guns for, it doesn't appear to just be seven days. It appears that they have had good behavior for two weeks, 14 days. Or are they? Because we are now treating the gangbangers in the city of Memphis like the Peace Corps. Like, these people are going to restore peace in a city that needs it so desperately. My boss wrote this. So, Mayor Young is going to use gang leaders to keep the peace. Will decarcerate Memphis demand that gang leaders abide by the same rules and regulations they demand the MPD to abide by? In other words, will they handcuff the gangs as well? It's a very interesting point. But back to this story. So the leader of 901 Block Squad, Delvin Lane, and then the founder of Heal 901 were a couple of the guys that set up this meeting with these high-ranking gangbangers where they got that seven-day ceasefire. So I pulled some audio. You'll hear from K. Durrell Cohen. That, again, is the founder of Heal 901. And then you'll also hear from a Memphis community activist, guy by the name of Frank Gotti. He is very invested in the city, making sure young men do not start a life of crime and end up in or being incarcerated down at 201 Poplar. So take a listen. You'll first hear k durell cohen he is in favor of this ceasefire as he was one of the members that helped craft craft and get these partners together and then you'll hear from the community activist who says this is not a good idea and i do not think that this will work take a listen and cut number nine
2: it's a great start there will be more of these meetings to
3: come with other groups on um, these are, these are closed-door meetings. We want them to be able to come in and be honest and
4: transparent. Memphis community activist Frank Gotti said he feels like it's going to take more than conversations to reach the ones he says are truly impacting Bluff City crime stats.
1: I'm going to tell you the truth about something. The real killers ain't going to want to talk. You got, They got to understand how much bloodshed shed to been out here. they going to take real people from the streets to reach the real killers.
5: As far as the possibility of a seven-day ceasefire, Gotti says he would love to see that happen, but he's not optimistic.
1: Seven days? Man, I'm, we all need to pray on it, for real, because it ain't, I don't see it coming. All right, so
0: we all need to pray for a seven-day ceasefire and well beyond that. I I certainly agree with that. Now, it's going to be very interesting to see if these dialogues continue. And I'm very curious from our listeners this morning, do you think we negotiate with domestic terrorists? Um, A lot of people are saying, by doing this, you're legitimizing this. We had a caller that called in yesterday to the program, and she asked Judge Joe Brown, who was on the program How on earth does the sitting mayor of Memphis sit down with known criminals, really horrible, dangerous people, and not arrest them? It was a great question. And the judge tried to get to it, but we had a lot of different questions from our listeners, and he did want me to pass this along to that listener. Um, You can know someone is a criminal, but you need probable, probable cause to bust them. So you would have to actually have... An arrest warrant. You would have to know the exact crime when Mayor Paul Young would walk into this negotiating room, pull up the chair with the table with the gangbangers and actually know have some probable cause um, before you just arrest all of them. Now, a guy by the name of Pragmatic and Independent wrote this on social media and referring to this story. This has some minefields in uncharted territory. You just legitimize street gangs. What high-paying jobs can you offer gang bang, bangers? What happens when you can't keep their end of the bargain? He just offered them a carrot, but where is the stick? Now, on legitimizing some of this behavior, you have to go back to the inauguration of Paul Young. And we had quite a few of our listeners raise concerns about that celebration right it was a very exciting time for the city of memphis we have a new mayor he's beautiful he has a beautiful family beautiful two kids beautiful wife where a lot of people had concerns with the celebration was what he walked out to which was a song by three six mafia and it was called and the song is who run it maybe you've heard of it now the daily memphian covered this in a post, in in a uh, new uh, a news story following that post election day, and how they described it in Paul Young's swagger and hope, Memphians see a chance for Memphis to turn the tide. They described Young as having swagger while cribbing the Memphis rap group's 1990 hit. Now, after the Daily Memphian published that article, there was a reader of the Daily Memphian that sent a letter to the editor and she wrote this. The three six mafia song has no place as an anthem for a leader. And she goes through and I pulled it because it's interesting tying in all of this. She says, "Um, while this song is nothing new, its message is as clear today as the day it was penned. Ironically, the Daily Memphian will not publish the exact words in part because of the newspapers articles that are placed in schools below are the exact lifts of lyrics from the song who run it with a few words left to the imagination. And our guys were going to play a little bit of this song that the mayor walked out to, right? This was his celebration inauguration song. And here were some other words. We could not actually play that because it was too explicit, vile and vulgar. I'll read some of those lyrics. I can pop your chest plastic Glock or pop your jaw diamond rings running from the narcs and cops tossing out the bags of herb ain't afraid to pop the steel hollow tips to make you feel all of this mother. I can't say can't say and can't say also another rapper in town that endorsed Mayor Paul Young and his candidacy, and Choppa, And here are some of his lyrics. We are ready for violence. No, we be wildin'. I'm thinking about murderin'. Why I be smilin'. Suppressors on the Glocks kill him in silence. And as this reader pointed out, and I'll read and we'll wrap up. Memphis, look in the mirror. The crime that is overtaking our city reflects the culture we've chosen to accept here. It's the words and the images we've surrounded ourselves with. Young people are emulating the behavior they see in videos and hear in music. This is behavior that adults are approving by supporting gangster rap. She ends, I don't care what Young listens to on his own time. If he chose an old rap song or a current one, as he proclaimed victory, or the instrumental version was played, or the words that were sung, but the songs that he chose glamorize glocks, slurs against women, murder, and drug dealing that have no place in an anthem for a leader of a city that is drowning in violence, nor should they be applauded by the Daily Memphian. So it seems to me we have a culture issue in the city of Memphis. That is not a shock, but it's being celebrated by the mayor. Is this the swagger that he's been promising to bring back? I mean, when you're walking out, when you win an election to songs that glorify gun violence, and then at the other side or out of the other side of your mouth, you are trying to end gun violence. There seems to be an impasse. Seems like that is a conflict of interest. And by promoting these violent, violent rappers with violent, violent words, vulgar words, you are rubber stamping the known gangbangers in town that now you're asking to pull up to the table and quit shooting people. Would love to hear your thoughts this morning. 901-260-5926. 901-260-5926. Number again, 901-260-5926. More on the other side. Don't go away. And welcome back to the morning show. So let's talk about the state having to intervene Come in and save Memphis from Memphis. And this time we're talking about Tennessee Comptroller Jason Mumpower, who released a scathing letter saying that he has no confidence in Shelby County Clerk Wanda Halbert. This after um, we found out that the revenue figures in our office were wildly inaccurate. As Regina Newman, the county trustee, said in front of the county commission on Monday The figures are already beyond the point of no return. I'm not laughing. The only reason I chuckle is because, is anybody shocked? Is anybody shocked? Here's Regina Newman, and then we'll walk through this story as we learn new details yesterday. Here is the um, clerk, county trustee, excuse me, in Cut20.
6: Point of no return, we're seven months into the fiscal year and we don't know what the clerk is bringing in and that is the second highest revenue producing office in the county. The funds are there, we just at this point cannot allocate them on the general ledger.
7: The issues that come before me as concerns of constituents is 99.9% crime and 0.01% county clerk's office. To the MPG. All
0: right, so in that letter, we saw yesterday, Mumpower wrote, and he said this to not only the Shelby County Commission, but also the mayor, Lee Harris. The evidence of incompetence and willful negligence by management in the Shelby County clerk's office is overwhelming. Here's what he told WREG in Cut16.
5: The people of Shelby County have suffered as a result of Clerk's Albert's incompetence. It is clear to me, demonstrated over time, that she is not competent to do the job. And it has risen to the point of what I would call willful neglect of duty. What we're going to be doing is auditing and reviewing the financials.
0: All right. So they're going to send an audit team to Memphis. And as the Daily Memphian described it, it's a boots on the ground support to Shelby County. They will perform the necessary reconciliation and reporting that the clerk's office has failed to accurately provide despite repeated requests. This according to the letter that was sent out from Mum Powers' office. I expect, he writes, the clerk and our staff to welcome and cooperate with the audit team. Now, why this is problematic for the entire county and you, the taxpayer, is, do you guys remember the will tax? We already had one will tax, then they raised it again, another $25, and that was to build a couple different projects. But to build those projects, you must have a spot on budget, meaning the revenue figures must also be accurate. When the revenue when the revenue figures are inaccurate, that throws off the entire budget meaning the twenty five dollars that we've been paying to drive around in our cars go over to the clerk's office where is that money going and are we are are we going to get what we were promised out of the tax raise, which was a new hospital or massive renovations excuse me, a regional one and two new high schools. here is Jason Mumpower again, the Comptroller of the Treasury how Clerk Halbert's bad math is affecting that will tax in Cup 15.
5: The clerk has submitted multiple months worth of erroneous financial reports. I know the citizens of Shelby County have been frustrated for a long time, wondering where their license plates are. Now they have to wonder where their will tax is. And you know, the Shelby County Commission is trying to use this revenue to fund important things like an expansion of the med or new high schools in Shelby County. We have to know where that money is. The county commission has to understand uh, the revenue streams that they can use to build a budget on.
0: It was fascinating. I called um, someone that knows this issue very well. He's worked in the office of the clerk for over 25 years. He actually ran against county clerk Wanda Hauber. Remember him? Jeff Jacobs. Why don't we pick up the phone and call him? And so I did last night and we had a long conversation and he said, you know, this is no longer my problem. I was asked to step up and serve and I ran for office. I was the alternative to chaos and the voters rejected that elections have consequences. Meanwhile, A woman who says she was medically evacuated off the I-40 bridge. Remember this story? This was the pro-Hamas takeover of the I-40 bridge. Is now speaking out for the first time in what it was like having a medical emergency on the very bridge that was commandeered by pro-Palestinian protesters. Take a listen to this in cut number 12. It's scary.
3: They were holding us all hostage on this bridge. I was hurting so bad. And I, I have chest pains and I don't know when or who called for an ambulance, but I know it took them forever to get there and it shouldn't have. I don't remember getting out of the truck, putting it getting put into an ambulance. I don't remember a helicopter ride. My brother was killed on a bridge. So that's what, the main reason I don't like bridges. It scared me. It scared me pretty bad. When the cops showed up, you know, they'd clear people off, but they didn't. So rattled and so scared. Our main concern is trying to get me back to where I will ride in a vehicle and be able to drive a vehicle. But I'm sure it caused problems for other people. If you want to protest, there's ways to do it. But to shut down an interstate and holding people hostage like that is wrong.
0: Wow! Right? It is wrong. And now she's out of her job. She told WREG, that audio obtained by Channel 3, that since the protests earlier this month, she hasn't been able to continue with her job. She said she had a phobia of bridges because her brother was killed on that bridge. The main reason she did not like bridge, she was stuck on the bridge for over two hours. She was in her husband's semi. She blacked out. She was eventually airlifted to a hospital thank god for that option now what i find absolutely horrific is last check memphis police has charged no one in relation to the protest they will do this again should there be consequences for those that commandeered the bridge and put this woman who did not want to be identified's life in jeopardy would love to hear your thoughts Taking calls this morning, 901-260-5926, 901-260-5926. We will be right back after the break. And welcome back to the morning show. It's going to be a very, very busy, busy morning show, and I'm excited to bring you uh group of special guests, TPUSA, is going to be live in studio in about five minutes. So stand by for that. But I did want to get to a couple of your comments. Also, we'll go to the phone lines. Reggie Hall, who actually ran for mayor, has some thoughts. Um Justin says, you know what? Why haven't the Shelby County Commission... Not removed, Wanda Habert, from the county clerk's office. That is a very good question. Mick Wright, one of the commissioners, has been very upset about this, has actually presented a resolution. It was, it was an ouster resolution, and it ultimately failed. Here is Mick Wright. He said this to local TV yesterday in Cut 13.
7: I hope that the comptroller's people are able to just give us the numbers. Tell us how many car registrations are being processed and what the total is. I mean, it's nothing. It's not like really uh, that complicated. It's just give us the numbers. So as the last check,
0: we have a special appointed district attorney from uh, a lady by the name of Cody Womp. She's over in Hamilton County. She is investigating the clerk's office. Womp's investigation is still underway. Mick Wright said that he hoped that Jason Mumpower's letter Tuesday would help bring this to an, an urgent level. That we get her out of office. Maybe it would be a recall. But again, as I said on the show yesterday, I think if given the choice, Memphians would choose incompetence once again. Right now, let's go to the phone line. Reggie Hall. Reggie, what is on your mind this morning?
7: Good morning, Ben. How are you? I
0: cannot complain. I'm very blessed. How are you?
7: I'm doing well. Glad to see that uh, former President Trump won last night in Michigan. So I'm feeling good about that. Uh, still ready to rock and roll and work on what we need to do in the city for uh, upcoming elections. We have Chavez Donaldson, a conservative running for uh, Memphis School District 7, so we need to push him, get him in this um, summer, and of course, I'm working on Charlotte Bergman's uh, campaign as well, so we want to push her for the ninth Congressional. We've been working, grassroots um, opportunities have come up, we've been speak- speaking engagements, knocking on doors, so I just wanted to get out and just speak to the KWAM listeners and let them know that. I really appreciate them and that I appreciate uh, State Senator Brent Taylor and House Representative Mark uh, White on their efforts and them getting up to fight Want everybody to get uh, rejuvenated. We have over 300,000 swing voters in the city. We do not have to keep putting up with the Wanda Habits of the world. We do not have to keep putting up with what's going on at the school board and all other municipalities. We just got to get up, knock on doors, and just continue to fight. I want everybody to go to our website. That's VoteForVets.com. Sign up for the newsletters. Make donations if you can. Let's get fired up for the Red Regime, and let's just take over this year. Yeah, That's let, I wanted to say this morning.
0: Well, Reggie, I appreciate the updates on the electoral process. And you're exactly right. Uh, before we go to break, because we're coming back with USA in one moment. Um, that was the big story yesterday with South uh, Michigan. There are so many primaries at this point. Um, it was a huge win for President Donald Trump. I mean, Nikki Haley got a couple votes, but more interestingly was the fact that over 100,000 Democrat voters chose to not vote for President Joe Biden. In that Michigan primary. And I believe this is why. There's a fraction in the Democratic Party. We talk about the infighting within the Republican Party. If you think it's bad with the GOP, it's really bad with Democrats. Amber Sherman, who is a spokesperson for Democrats in Shelby County, had this to say about the fact that Trump will probably win because Biden, like what Michigan and the message they sent yesterday, those 100,000 uncommitted to the president voters said was that this guy has lied and they go back to a couple different things but most upsetting then is the student loan debt forgiveness and then right behind that or in the case of michigan because they have a lot of palestinians there is the fact that president biden has not actually kept his bargain in a ceasefire in gaza here is amber sherman in cut 17.
6: I would say my opinion is that I don't think he's going to win. I don't think he's going to win because we don't f- with Genocide Joe. Yeah. And the folks who would vote for him, younger voters, black women, these black pastors that have come out even and said something like, black folks don't agree with how he's handling this. Young folks don't agree with it. And also young people don't agree with how he lied to us. He said he would forgive our student loans. He didn't. Yeah. Um, and one thing that, I will I will say that Trump used when he was president, he used his executive orders a lot. Biden is gonna be held accountable and scare tactics people are using, they're not gonna work on us. There isn't anything that's that's happened that I, you know, haven't experienced. There's there's no they're talking about how, you know, this is gonna be the end of democracy. When have we had democracy? This is gonna be the end of the world we know it. When have I experienced <laughs> equity or fairness as a black woman? Right. Like that hasn't happened for me. So I'm not afraid of it. Um and I really wish they would try to do some di- some different talking points, but it
0: doesn't work. And I don't think he's going to win. I think that Trump is probably going to win. <laughs> well, that's some good news. Thank you, Amber Sherman, who does not have rights because there is not a democracy to save because oh, there was never a democracy. Oh, that's an interesting talking point. Nine one two six zero five nine two six is our telephone number. Nine one two six zero five nine two six. 5926 More on the other side. Don't go away.
2: Anytime at Mighty990.com
0: And welcome back to the morning show Very excited in just a couple minutes We are going to be joined by Joey Solopec, Bill Gurner, and her for the first time Just leaving TV M- Merle Purvis, this is so exciting for a one hour radio special, but first, very excited to welcome in my friends over at TPUSA, and I'm going to read through their different titles because they represent different areas, but they're all specific to this area, starting with someone we know very well, Anne Elizabeth Matheny. Thank you for joining us. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. So, Anne Elizabeth has changed positions. Now she's the Ozark Field Representative. Ozark meaning what? Like Memphis. Yeah, so
8: I cover Memphis and the surrounding areas and then also the state of Arkansas.
0: Okay, cool. Then over in South Central, we've got the regional manager for TPUSA. That is Ashley Glasgow. Good morning. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me. First time on KWAM. So yeah, first time. South Central Regional area. Where? What are we talking?
9: Uh, it's kind of a lot. I'm living in Denver, Colorado. Um, so I have Colorado, Southern Wyoming, Northern New Mexico, all of Texas, Oklahoma, half of Kansas, Arkansas, Whoa. and Memphis. All right. <laughs> and
0: then we've got the local. The local over at the <laughs> University of Memphis. Go Tigers, go. Haley Leisure. She is the chapter president of TPUSA over at U of M. Welcome.
10: Yes, hello. Thank is you for having
0: me. Is this a new position for you?
10: Yeah, it actually is. I took this over in August.
8: Right, so.
0: because didn't you, and Elizabeth, Have that position?
8: Correct. Mm -hmm. I graduated in May, and then Haley took over my spot. Okay, (laughs) so
0: this is neat. Lots of movement and lots of energy because we need young people to get out and vote. We need them on our cause. To do that, you guys host some big events, and I want to start with some pretty big news about an event that is going to be taking place at the University of Memphis very shortly with a very, very big guest Kyle Rittenhouse. How huge is that? And how did you land that?
8: Yeah, it's going to be huge. Um, We're really excited. Um, He's been great to work with, very communicative. Um, And so, yeah, big news. Um, March 20th at the University of Memphis. It'll be a free event. Um, So everybody come check us out.
0: So what does that look like? You get him here, but before that, you've got to get students to show up Um, We know that in every one of our college campuses in America, except for some private schools like Liberty and the one I went to, they have a liberal bent, right? Right. But that doesn't mean that they do not have an appetite, a curiosity to see what the other side is talking about. So do you get out onto the ground, Haley, and start canvassing campus?
10: Yeah. So we like table um, at least like once a week we try to explain what tabling is so tabling is basically whenever we get out on campus in front of the student center um and we just promote tp usa we have a lot of um different students go up to us and have random conversations we have different um political conversations happening we just try to stay um non and explain like uh limited government taxes are shady you know <laughs> everything like that taxes
0: are really shady (laughs) (laughs) absolutely so I'm curious Ashley when you talk to young people not Republicans or these students what are some of the big issues that are affecting them that might get them to look twice at a party that maybe they've not been a part of the Republican Party or conservatism will go there Um, what are the big issues
9: It really depends on where you are at in the country. Uh, In Colorado, which is where I started out with Turning Point, the biggest issue was definitely abortion. Um, College students are very passionate about abortion, uh, whether it's pro-life or pro-choice. Over here in the South, I would say that people pay a lot of attention to our Second Amendment rights, um, so get a lot of action talking about guns. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, well, I think here specifically for Memphis, and I'll ask the locals, (laughs) you too, um, I'm sure at the University of Memphis, I can't tell you as a news guy how many times I see another headline impacting your public safety over at the University of Memphis. So I think for a lot of those kids, another issue is just feeling safe in their city. Look what happened in Georgia at the campus there. I mean, this is just a devastating story. A young 22-year-old girl out on a run when an illegal immigrant crushed her skull. Um, That is not an... opera. We don't want to politicize that, but it is political because that illegal alien had been in our country, then had been detained, then released. Elections have consequences.
8: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely.
0: So how do you... Convey that to them, right? Because talking points, for example, I talked to my friends. One of their big things is the environment. And they don't understand that, yes, we can talk about clean energy all day. But if we do not drill in our country where we do it actually in a cleaner way than, say, like China or Venezuela, um, that drives up the cost. So we're upset about the fact that we cannot afford groceries or fill up our tanks it all trickles down. So how do you break past just the talking points that the left is very good at giving these young people?
8: Yeah, I feel like with a lot of social issues, um, coming in with a conservative point by just like explaining it um, and just we have a lot of propaganda. Um, we do, you know, conversations and facilitate them in a way that is like a little more understanding. So you dumb it down a little bit. Um, but, you know, like the basics of everything. Um, Second Amendment, yay for 2A, Um, free speech, free speech is groovy. You know, we use those kind of terms. Um, And then when we have conversations about, say, the border um, or climate, you know, just facilitating that in a way that's like calm, but gets them to talk and really just pick their brain.
0: Hmm. Um, Real quick, Haley, Mm -hmm. as someone that leads the chapter over at the University of Memphis, are you hearing those concerns around crime just out of curiosity?
10: Um. Yes and no. Like, I have a lot of um, connections on campus who, and there's a lot of different people on both sides of the spectrum when it comes to politics. And I've heard it both ways. I've heard um, that, you know, the protection thing that you we were talking about, like, basically, like, you know, it's hard to, it, what Annie just said, it like, gets hard to explain. The conservative side sometimes because the left is so loud and media is so loud. Mm -hmm. And especially in the generation that we're in, it's like everything around us is like feeding us. So it's difficult to like actually know like, you know, the facts of every Saturday. Well,
0: it's interesting because I say we need to play chess. We have to. um, And that's what TPUSA is doing. For example, you had your big, (laughs) the RNC had their big conference in Arizona. What Charlie Kirk did was set up a shop right beside them and said, no, we need to stop doing cocktail parties and we need to start educating people. And the best way to do that is actually talk to them on their level. So I'm curious to hear from you, Ashley, how can we, convey our message in a young way. For example, headline comes out, President Biden now on TikTok. A little bizarre because the guy can't even find his his nightstand to get out of bed and he gets <laughs> to the podium and he ends up in the bathroom. So I'm curious, can we start matching their communication? Because we must.
9: Yeah, no, I think that we actually have to. I think that it's, it's no longer an option um, to meet them at their level. We just have to if we want to win anything. And I think that that's why... Vivek Ramaswamy was really popular among young people is because he took it to TikTok. He was making the funny videos, that kind of thing.
0: Um, Taylor Swift. Can we talk about her? Do we think (laughs) that Taylor Swift is really a surrogate for the Biden administration? You've seen the rumors, the conspiracies that President Biden is teaming up. Maybe he joins the heiress tour and this is an effective way to get young people to vote for the Democrats. Um, What do you make of it? Do you think she has a sway on young voters? We'll ask you and Elizabeth.
8: Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Um, I've been watching some videos where she's like almost um, compared to a witch. Um, But, you know, she she is. She's like really captivating the younger generation um, with her music and her style and everything. Um, And then also dropping in into politics, um, which gets a little confusing for sure.
0: Okay, so the silver line to this is, I'm thinking the people that love Taylor Swift's music (laughs) do tend to be younger people. Mm -hmm. Everybody should vote, but I think many of them are probably too young to vote. And then if they can vote, they're probably young college educated women and they're going to be voting for Democrats. Yeah, they're left
8: winging. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um,
0: Okay, this story also came out Nearly half of Democrats want to boot Biden off the ticket with Michelle Obama as a leading favorite. What I wanted to ask you guys about is young voters seem really frustrated with the two options at the top of the ticket, President Biden and then President Trump. Do you hear that exhaustion by a lot of young folks that want young energy in the Oval Office? I'll give it to any one of you.
8: Yeah. So I actually did pie a president at a few of my schools last week, um, and there was many people... Who would be like, what if I just wanna pie both of them? Um, Because so there's definitely frustration when it comes to both sides of things. Um, So,
0: yeah. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I think that, I think they will get out and vote. That's the one thing about this generation is I think Gen Z gets a bad rap. We view them as unintelligent and I think they've been miseducated, but they are very active. And it's one thing if they're out in the streets with the pink hats, with the, you know, the pro women marches, it's a whole nother ball game <laughs> when they actually take their frustrations to the voting booth. That scares me. It really does. I'm not advocating that they burn down cities in the name of BLM, but, you know, here they are. They're now old enough to vote. I wanted to ask, because Dylan and I talked about this on the show yesterday, and we're guys, we're dudes, so we don't really have much of a say on this. But this story ran in the New York Post. Women are now loving men who embrace the quote-unquote baby girl vibe. And you're a group of women. They say that men are now ditching toxic masculinity, and women, these young girls, like to see that. Are you guys going to be dating baby girl men? No. No?
8: (laughs) Yeah, point blank no.
0: (laughs) Well, let me explain the definition a little bit more, because maybe this will appeal to you, Ashley, over there. So the baby girl comes across as a sweet, charming, a bit bashful dude, seemingly in touch with his feminine side, ready to talk about his feelings or carry his girlfriend's purse at any point to like a brunch. Does this appeal to you?
9: No, it does not. I think that this is another (laughs) problem with the feminist movement is that they have worked so hard to quote-unquote empower women that women now want to be in control of everything and they don't see the value of being submissive or anything like that in relationships.
0: Well, it's interesting because the men are listening because (laughs) about 31% of American men have actively changed their behavior to become more vulnerable and open with the people they're dating. This according to Bumble's 2024 Dating Trends Report. I don't actually believe that. I think they just want date number two, and to get neighbor, date number two is to become soft. But then again, that's just me. All right, so wanna wrap up by just, again, promoting this event that's coming up. I'll throw it over to you, and Elizabeth, one more time. Kyle Rittenhouse, big deal coming to the University of Memphis.
8: Yeah, so Kyle house coming to the University of Memphis. It'll be on March 20th. Um, it's going to start at 7. Doors will open up at 6.30. Um, you can find our link to register um, online. And, yeah, it's going to be a free event. We want everyone to come. It's at the University of Memphis. So, yeah, community and students of all ages.
0: So everybody's invited.
8: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so what <laughs> we'll
0: do after the show, we will get our... Um, our website will we'll promote that because I have a couple different listeners asking for the flyer and Amazing. you guys zap that over and it looks fantastic. So we'll promote that as best as possible. Thank you all for dropping by. Yeah.
9: Thank you so much Thanks for having Thanks. us. Thank you.
0: All right. Thank you guys. And that does it for our number one. It's been a busy hour. Let me read a couple of your comments before we scoot to break because we have another special hour coming up in just a couple of minutes. Kelsey says Swift is a Biden megaphone. We've established this. Can we have one day where we don't talk about her because that's exactly what she wants. Oh, that's interesting. She adds this. Most of us on here aren't brainwashed by her. Kelsey, I hear you, but I have a lot of friends that are brainwashed by her. So we've got to promote the truth. She also adds, there's no such thing as toxic masculinity. You know, the funny thing about feminists is they actually want to date a dude from the 1940s, right? They want him to open the car door for her. They want her to, uh, they want the dude to pay for the bill from their first date, but then they don't want to act like a chick from the 1960s, right? You know, the shoe fits on both sides of the fence. Know oh is that a metaphor? I just made that up. All right, we're gonna take a break. More on the other side. Don't go away. Write down our telephone number 901 260 5926, 901 260 5926, and get this big reunion in our number two. Joey Solopek and Merle Purvis return to air for the first time in a KWAM special. That coming up in just a couple minutes. Don't go away. Welcome back to the morning show on KWAM. Glad you guys are joining us for a radio special. And I've gotten a lot of emails about this. How can we tune in? There's a couple different ways. Of course, you can listen on terrestrial radio, AM 990, 107, 9 FM. And also, if you can't get that, you can stream the show, kwamradio.com or download the app. So let's jump into it. For the first time... In what, over two years, almost two years, we've got in studio Merle Purvis and Joey Solopek and Bill Gerner. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. It's Good morning. a pleasure to have you all in studio. And I was reading. So first of all, you guys and Bill and I, we did not work in TV news. So I'm going to zone in on you two real quick. Joey and Merle, you worked together for how many years?
3: 18. So yeah.
0: 18 years together. You have a friendship and a oh, rapport. No, we have a, you have the TV rapport, where viewers, they're huge fans of the team you guys assemble together, working together. What was interesting, as I was talking to Joey, is the friendship was just not for TV. It extended well beyond just the cameras and off-air.
4: Well, you know what was unique is <clears throat> 18 years ago, actually now it's probably closer to 20, 20. 20 years ago um we both came on board uh, at, at a local station at the same almost the same time, about six months. So we were both sort of the you know the new guys at this station. We'd worked at other stations and um, Joey's about six months ahead of most people. Okay. Just, I just thought I'd throw that. Out. Sure. Okay. but you know how God puts people in your life certain times uh, for certain reasons and it was just um, a blessing in so many ways. To have somebody at your office who you connect with on so many levels, uh, you know, you, you share religious views, you share political views, you just kind of click with. So, and, and, and sometimes, as you can, as you know, in an office place, sometimes you get in the foxhole together because there's battles going on around you, know, around you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like anywhere else. So, it, it, it has been a long and wonderful friendship.
0: So, let's go back. Um, who started first? at the the station i did joey yeah. started first yeah now merle it's interesting did you start in memphis Tennessee? because i know you anchor reported in charlotte nashville jackson uh-huh. but you I started in jackson jackson my
11: hometown mississippi uh and then left there went to charlotte because i got an incredible raise <laughs> uh eighteen thousand dollars and then from there, <laughs> uh, and I honestly remember one that they said, "We're going to give you eighteen thousand dollars." I said, "I accept." <laughs> uh, no, first I, I you know, I, I said my prayers of thanks, and then I started wondering, "What am I going to do with all that money?" <laughs> well, Bill, now I know. <laughs> um, so then Charlotte for two years, and from Charlotte, the station went under. It was an old Ted Turner station. They closed, and then I went to work in Nashville for eight years. Nashville to Connecticut, Connecticut, back home south to
4: uh, Channel 5,
11: and then went into banking and then came back to Fox 13.
4: Let me ask this. I've never asked this. When you were a dancer at JSU, did you have an NIL deal? Did you not make any money?
11: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, here, here was my NIL deal. <laughs> if you don't keep a 3.5 average, not only will you lose your scholarship, uh, but we, you will be kicked out of this school in shame. We had to practice four hours a day after school, and I had to keep up my 3.5 average in order to keep my scholarship. So is that the same
4: Well, (laughs) I wish you had made more money. They're making money now. My name would have gone down.
11: There would have been no image, and no one would have liked me. (laughs) Kind of. So for
0: the young journalists, aspiring journalists, was it the same back in the day as it is now? I remember my professors, my journalism professors, said if you Google the salary of a journalist, that is true. That is not a fake headline. (laughs) You'll be lucky if you're making more than what you would make at the gas station down the street. And it is true. Was it the same back in the day? I think you would make
11: more at a gas station because sometimes that
0: give yeah. be a tip, right?
4: <laughs> yeah, sometimes you could get like the free peanuts in a gas station. You don't get those at a TV station. Yeah, now, the money's it. terrible. Yeah, that's terrible.
0: Okay, so you worked together for so many years. I've got to ask, Merle, what about Memphis made it home for you that this was going to be where you extend your TV career?
11: Um, probably it was close to Mama Nim. Uh, And they were in Jackson, Mississippi. I'm from a family of nine kids. And so most of them were living in Jackson. Jackson State University graduates come to Memphis and parts beyond, but certainly Memphis. Uh, In fact, there were six people in the station who had gone to Jackson State who were working at the NBC station. So that made it home. I mean, the Mississippi River was under... Three miles from the front door of the station. Um, people are just kind. One of the things I remember in the Northeast in Connecticut was being asked, Are y'all's roads paved? <laughs> <laughs> and it was not being nasty. And that was serious. what was terrible. They weren't being mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and I, I may have been a little snippy in my answer. I said, Yes, 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 they are. <laughs> and we have more than one highway. That was kind of mean on my part. Mm-hmm. But, but being back here where I knew what to expect from people, uh, I had lived it. I knew people were very kind. Uh, or
0: if they weren't kind, they would always bless your heart. And j- So I was watching <clears throat> your sign-off on your last broadcast, and one thing stuck out to me, and I'm curious – Joey, as well, you've been in this industry. The The thing that is lacking sometimes is loyalty. And you said, the thing that I value most is loyalty. And what I found in Memphis, Tennessee, is our viewers are the most loyal bunch of people in America. Period. Hands
4: down. Same Same response? You know, what What I have learned, and I'm a lifelong Memphian too, went to, you know, Senior Hills, Egypt Elementary, Raleigh, Egypt, Memphis State. Memphis in the mid-south is very familial. And when I say familial, I mean once you get to know somebody, it's almost like they're part of your family. Period. Right? Yeah. And and it crosses all boundaries. It's a beautiful thing and it's one of the things I love about Memphis. I spoke to we had a woman yesterday call into FCG uh, who found me from Facebook, who's from Indiana, transplanted to Memphis. And we, she was talking about she has she's in her 70s. She says, you know, I'd like to pass away where my family is in Indiana. And I said, well, what keeps you from traveling back? She said, everybody here is so friendly. Hmm. Now, yep. I was listening on the way in. We do battle crime issues, serious crime issues, but let's not underscore that. There's most mentheans are against crime and are very loving towards each other. I mean, that's a that's a true yeah. that's a true thread. I don't like to just we see a lot of negative news because that's people need to know what's going on but we're a city that really rallies together you can't you can't ignore that
0: yeah it's that grit um, I think that's how I would describe it. And I'm the novice. All right? I'm, I'm new to the scene and I'm from the north and I got here and I was running downtown and these people are pulling me off to this. How's your day? I'm going, why are you talking to me? <laughs> I, I typically just keep my head <laughs> down and, and he's th- not kidding. That, that's know, the truth. Everybody, I like, I was driving for the first <laughs> time. I'd never been in Memphis. I get a job in Tennessee. I assume Gatlinburg because I've been to Gatlinburg. Um, and then I go to the gas station as I'm getting closer to the bluff city. And the more stops that I made, the more they wanted to know about my life. I'm right. like, you are <laughs> a stranger.
11: <laughs> Wait, so I mean, how about when they said, what church you go
0: to? <laughs> right. So exactly. <laughs> and it doesn't. And that was the other takeaway. As someone that covered in news in Connecticut, there is a church on every corner here in the Mid-South. I guess it's why we call it the Bible Belt. Um, I am curious, and what I want to do is throw open our phone line. Let's take some calls. Um, a lot of people miss you too, and Bill as well. Bill, we're coming to you because we're talking FCG. We've got to talk about money. That's what we do <laughs> at 820 on The Morning Show. So stand by for that conversation on your finances. But if you got a question for Merle or Joey, you can call in and ask that, 901-260-5926. Nine one two six zero five nine two six. 260 5926 Last question on this issue. How, with the crime that you covered every single day in your broadcast, what was the therapy bill? Like, how, how genuinely, because I, as someone who's covered it, it is dark and heavy. So, how hmm. do you separate the good from the bad? Uh, well, I, our best
11: times. In the studio would be the breaks between the news blocks because how else would we get through that if we did not find each other and laugh about something else that happened that day mm-hmm. and uh, both of us are faithful we are both faithful people we believe in god and so we had that to cling to because we knew it was out of our hands, and we knew that uh, a person can be a criminal, but can us on a Wednesday, but can be saved by Wednesday night. Uh, doesn't mean you won't go to prison, but it does mean that there's something bigger for you yeah. down the road. Yeah. I think we both believed in redemption.: Yeah,
4: you know. And when you cover news for that long and you've seen it hour after hour after hour, you've got to decompress so the the commercial breaks were usually like a circus, and we work with we work with good people yeah. good, We had good people we, that we still keep up with. Um, but you believe in redemption. You want justice, but you want redemption,
0: yeah, all right. well said. I could <laughs> not agree with you more. All right. we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back with Joey Solopec, Merle Purvis, and of course. My good friend, Bill, who's sitting over here, (laughs) I was talking to Bill and I said, do we just go get brunch and let these two take over the broadcast? We'll go over to Sunrise. We'll be right back. All right. So let's talk finances, which we still can do with our guests in studio. Bill Gerner with FCG, Joey Solopec, and of course... Merle Purvis, a lot of people saying they appreciate um, you dropping by the studio. I will say, because this is radio format, it's probably nice to not be on camera. Can I ask? You you didn't have to do (laughs) makeup. Well, look. She looks fantastic, though, doesn't she? she?
11: (laughs) I am in a, a grizzly sweatshirt and some leggings and
4: that's what supermodels do
11: yeah oh yeah they don't have to try
0: but i can tell you right now if the news director ever caught merle on air with the hoodie as she's wearing this morning do you have a job the next day that's the question it's a nice format isn't it it is a grizzlies it's a hoodie very nice format <laughs> all right um i wanted to talk about although the- could i please
11: say that sure. um how did you exactly get your hair looking that good
0: Wow. For radio. I mean, I'm how about that? Did Merle do this to you? Is that why you like her so much? I mean, no. I'm blushing. It's <laughs> authenticity. That's very kind. Well, I'm 25. So give me oh, 10 years in this industry. Please. And it, it goes. So let's talk real quick about the economy. This is probably one of the biggest concerns for most Americans. It doesn't matter what your political status is. A lot of people are just struggling to put food on the table. Here is the Kellogg CEO saying right now, because of the economy and inflation, a lot of their families that they have provided cereal for are doing cereal for dinner. Take a listen and cut it.
12: The cereal category has always been quite affordable and it tends to be a great destination when consumers are under pressure. So some of the things that we're doing is first messaging, we got to reach the consumer where they are. So we're advertising about cereal for dinner. If you think about the cost of cereal for a family versus what they might otherwise do, that's gonna be much more affordable. The other places that we like to go is, we talk about making sure we have the right pack at the right price in the right place. So having a different size pack that'll have a different price point, that'll take some pressure off the consumer while they're shopping. So those are some of the things that we're doing, but in, in general, the cereal category is a place that a lot of folks might come to because the, the price of a bowl of cereal with, with milk and with fruit is less than a dollar. So you can imagine why a consumer under pressure might find that to be a good place to go. Right, I'm all for innovation and marketing, but the idea of having cereal for dinner, um, is there the potential for that to land the wrong way? Uh, we don't think so. In fact, it's landing really well right now, Carl. When we look at all of our data, of course we would know that breakfast cereal is the number one choice for in-home consumption. We understand that for breakfast. It turns out that over 25% of our consumption is outside the breakfast occasion. A lot of it's at dinner and that, that occasionally continues to grow as well as the snacking occasion but um, cereal for dinner is something that is is probably more on trend now and we would expect to continue as that consumer is under pressure
1: I have to admit as a busy mom
8: I've had cereal for dinner more than once recently so Gary I guess uh, maybe your marketing is, is working on me I-
0: All right, Bill. So the new trend, cereal for dinner. I mean, at one time, my mom would have killed us if we had Lucky Charms for the evening spread. But with the economy, the way that it is right now, a lot of people are looking to alternative measures.
2: Before I get into that, you never asked me about my TV experience. (laughs)
0: I, I was stand on, corrected.
2: I Bill. was on Mars Patrol with Wink Martindale, and I was excellent.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, get a job. This is fantastic.
2: I did not know you had a TV portfolio. No, no. no I wish I had a video of it, because I think I was pretty good with my little gun on there. right gun. <laughs> yeah.
0: so, so, Bill, I think for a lot of families right now, and uh, focus on finance is... Just trying to make ends meet, and if that looks like cereal, but you cut the corners, you save a couple dollars, maybe that is the way forward.
2: I love cereal. A matter of fact, that's right down my wheelhouse, because I played pickleball the other night, and before I played, I had a bowl of cereal for dinner, and that's the truth. What kind?
11: <laughs> Whatever kind makes you so aggressive on the pickleball
3: yeah.
2: point. <laughs> makes him win. Whatever makes you win, he right. ate. I ate Cheerios, but... Uh, yep, there you go. But the other thing, it's a lot where you shop, and you can get coupons. And you know, Walmart has cheap groceries, and you can save probably about twenty percent there. I know Tim Tebow eats a, a box of cereal every day, so it's probably pretty expensive for him. But but it's not unusual, I think, for some people to have cereal for dinner, and it works.
4: Well, and plus, let's in perspective, we live in the south, and and some of us grew up country, or you know, somebody that grew up country, and we've. We've had families that have had to scramble to put meals together for years. Uh, it may not be cereal; it may be leftover biscuits. It might be—I mean, that's a reality when you live in a right when you live in an economically. You talk—you've talked about this before.
11: Yeah. Well, I mean, and of course, it was always a competition with Daryl Green because right. he was always the poorest person in the land. <laughs> so, uh, but we would stretch tuna. I mean, you know, nine kids—we would stretch tuna. In fact, my one of my best friends from. Elementary school, Malcolm always used to say, You know, I ate that tuna with y'all because I felt sorry for you. But every day it was like, Mike, you want dinner? No, ma'am, I don't because it was tuna. I think we've always had to stretch the meals. And sometimes it was to make a choice about whether or not you were going to be able to, you know, have a new pair of shoes for one of the siblings. But whatever. We made it through, and we were fine. To this day, some might call me cheap. I say thrifty. I love black beans and rice. Mm-hmm. I can live off that. Wow. it's nutritious, and uh, and then you
4: know, I hit it's through. easy to make too. Well, I've seen her live off one crystal for a week. That's she, <laughs> that's how she eats, like a small bird. Oh, we're but we're gonna tell persons. This is the real hour here, if, real talk. Um, you know, keep in mind though, too, Ben. We talked about this last week. To tie it all back in. People say, Why are things so high at the grocery store? Let's start with energy. Mm-hmm. If your energy costs are high. That pays all the way forward to the grocery store. Those farmers that are paying for diesel have got to charge more for your gallon of milk. And so now we've got families that were already struggling and we still got inflation. Yeah. It's tough. I think the other thing
0: too is we're faced with an obesity epidemic in the city. I mean, you guys are in news. We know that our city struggles with that. But can you blame these families? Um, to look at the choices on the shelves. You could buy the organic option, but that's going to cost you four extra more dollars. I mean, you could go to Chipotle, but that bowl of steak is going to cost you $15 as opposed to going to Popeye's or, I mean, one of these cookout, for example, you can get the whole meal for the family in under $15.
4: Yeah, you know, I've been, Merlin and I both, we spoke to thousands of school kids over the years. These parents would love to send them with oranges, apples, fresh fruits, expensive. Mm -hmm. It's cheaper because we subsidize corn to give fattening foods. And that's the reality is we've made it too expensive to be healthy.
0: I have a headline that I want to throw at you, and this is not going to be relevant to many of our listeners. But it caught my eye because I cannot tell you how many headlines include the word Ozempic. So more Americans, according to Goldman Sachs, are taking Ozempic now more than ever, and they say
4: it is boosting the U.S. economy. We It's productivity. It's how so. Listen, we do have an obesity problem. It's it's how our food chain is built. We subsidize foods that are not healthy for you, and so there's a glut up. You go to the chip aisle. Just look at the chip aisle or soda aisle at any supermarket. Mm-hmm. These new weight loss drugs, and Bill and I and our team study these stocks and these companies every day. Get ready; they're going to revolutionize not just the nation. But the world, you know, they're going to revolutionize and change our culture because they work. All the data, all the research shows amazing things. Now, there's a bit of a stigma to them right now, which I don't understand. That's going to fall away as people find themselves healthier. You know, I've already seen reports from Walmart, PepsiCo, that they're seeing drops in certain products because people are buying less junk and trying to eat healthier and eat less. But back to the productivity, that article you mentioned, Mm -hmm. uh, they're saying, okay, heavier people – don't uh, are they're sick more? Yeah, there's just less production time. It just goes with health as your health improves. Yeah,
11: yeah it's yeah. like um, when you're when your BMI, uh, the chart that tells you whether you are obese or not sure uh, if you are a few points over, uh, you qualify for certain kinds of meds to be covered by <laughs> insurance. I just had my physical, and she said, Okay, you're you're up, you're over that number. And so I said, oh, yum. Do I qualify for a Zimpik? She said, <laughs> you do not. You, you will need to eat a lot more in order to qualify, but you, we're going to give you this, this, and this. And I do recommend in order to get your A1C, the number that measures how you process insulin, you know, glucose, uh, I recommend that you just pay for it yourself.
0: Interesting.
11: It's very expensive. Expensive. Very. So now I've just upped my walking
0: game to twice a day. And you're not taking a diabetes medication to lose weight. I think that's the win-win. We're gonna take a break. More on the other side. In the meantime, go to FCGTN.com. We'll be right back. I'm a woman. the people want to hear Bill Gerner? <laughs> the people want to hear from Bill? Bill, the floor is yours. Getting messages. Where's Bill? There
2: you I, are. I think what I'd like to talk about is leadership. <laughs> and I think uh, a lot of companies that don't do well lack leadership. And uh, I think that's one thing that we have at FCG. I mean, we have we have good leaders with Joey and uh, Dennis and... and uh, and others that were, when you talk about finance, and the success of a company is of any company is the people you have around you. Right. If you have weak people around you, you're going to have a weak company. But you can see the strength that we have with Joey. Uh, he's got all kind of credentials. I mean, and it's just wonderful to be around people. And and I think when you are with a company that has weak leadership, then it's something you can't wait to get away from. Mm-hmm. And when I was at Ferrell's Express and ran, ran their pension plan, the motto was people, service, service, and profit. And the way you treat people is very important. And I think at FCG, we've, we do that as well as anyone. So yeah. that's my two cents worth on leadership.
0: Great plug for your company. And uh, I've been over there. And I know of what you speak. Also, Bill's portfolio is... Is incredible talking about pensions did FedEx so the guy knows of what he speaks Um, write down their telephone number if you have any questions we try to do these segments what we do them every Wednesday at 820 here's their telephone number you can get a free chat right that's what you want you want someone to hear you 901 309 2680 that is 901 309 2680 or you can visit their website at fcgtn.com, Merle.
11: I just just asked Joey, should I tell them why I chose FCG? Yes. Uh, I I have uh, two plans, but I chose FCG for the reason that I'll bet Bill will say you should never do. And why is that? I chose it because that's where Joey was. Didn't do my research, nothing. Uh, And then, uh, I didn't know I'd also make money. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just saying, (laughs) Bill, the team, Joey, they know what they're doing. Thank goodness that for people like me who were emotional in that choice, um, uh, they also take care of.
0: Did I hear when we talked to you in the first segment, you said banking? Yes. Did you two once have a career in the world of finance?
11: I did, and there is a really good reason I'm no longer there. <laughs> <laughs> I chose uh, I chose my invest one of my investment companies because of my friend, yeah. and so that's probably not a good idea. I did love banking because the thing that I love most was financial literacy, mm-hmm. teaching people I don't care how little you think you earn. Some of that has to stay with you. You cannot have money and spend it. That's just it.
0: Ouch. Ouch. That is some word. That is a truth nugget being dropped by Merle Purvis on The Morning Show.
2: It's it's not just me picking stocks. We have a team. And as I said earlier, I'm only as good as the team around me. And it's very important that you have people that are qualified. I have Ken and Joe and Joey and Mike and others there. and, And... it's just wonderful to be around people that are so talented.
4: Well, and let me uh, sort of build on something Merle said as well, because this is crucial. When you're coming to any business decision, no matter what it is, you know, trusting somebody is critical, and that's that's what I tell anybody. Even if I'm telling them to go here or pointing them another direction, she knew we were going to take care of her. You know, she didn't do the initial research, but I think it's turned out pretty well for you. Uh, it's turned out very well. <laughs> you know, so so that that's my encouragement to anybody is. You know, look for people who you believe are working in your best interest, your mm-hmm. fiduciary interest, that are just going to take care of you. You yeah. know, that's yeah. that's what you need.
0: Um, I wanted to ask you guys about the future of news. This would be a pivot. That's what we call it in the industry. Um, because you had mentioned, Merle, the reason this is a nice format is you don't have to, you know, show up with a full face of makeup, do the hair, wear the wardrobe. Yeah. And we were talking over the break about how it has changed so much, where people are consuming their news off their off their cell phones. For you, as someone who's walked away from news, right? I, I was.
11: Um, Joey was talking about n- not getting emotional. It was very important to me that none of what Merle Purvis feels or believes was put upon our viewers, because. I'm not smart enough to make a decision or to steer you towards a decision that affects your family. You know your family. You know what your family needs, and it had it should have nothing to do with my how my eyes open wide at a certain sentence or wh- where I say mm, or anything like that. Where I have my pauses, I just look at news today. And I'm sorry about all the layoffs that are happening because everybody needs work mm-hmm. or should be working if you're not wealthy. And even if you're wealthy, you should be working. But anyway, I just think it is a difficult job to do now. It was more difficult, in my opinion, before. Yeah. But I think it's, it's harder for you because of what you are now competing with on a hourly basis
0: there's been there's been an evolution did you guys see that in the newsroom as you were broadcasting these long careers where you were rapidly trying to keep up with the joneses and reach that audience yeah uh
4: before i answer that quick shout out to dg Oh, yeah, Daryl's already texted us and said he's the poorest of all. He said he really knew how to stretch a meal. He wanted to make sure I told everybody that. FCGTN.com. Yeah, Daryl stretched a meal. (laughs) Love you, brother.
11: Uh, bring your money to Joey. (laughs) So,
4: you know, Merle and I have laughed about this over 20 years of working together. Think about the past 20 years. We saw uh, Twitter begin. We saw, you know, TikTok was on the horizon. Facebook was about to explode. You were just talking then about how the news industry has changed so dramatically and just from your angle and we sat there and watched that evolution over 20 years it was like flipping the pages of a book and watching it just go wow it's changing 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 yeah. changing it's so hard now because you you don't know which news sources to trust. Right. That's the issue. Is who's vetting your news. So once again we're talking about a trust issue, you know. I just mentioned our good friend DG having chemistry, knowing personalities is critical when it comes to trust. Because, you know, and and I I know this firsthand, sometimes you don't get truth in news. Things can affect you personally that have not been vetted, that aren't true, that aren't accurate. But every headlines are, you know, they feed these out to news feeds and fake headlines go out. So having truth come through your airwaves, whether it's a TV station or a podcast or KWAM, is critical knowing who you're talking to.
0: Yeah. How do you how do you build that trust with your audience over time? Was it just staying in the trenches together every single night you were in their living rooms and well, over time they trusted you?
11: Well, I think you take as much time as you can to um that even your trusted producers and writers because because wow. as much as you trust them, they could be wrong and you're sitting there having said something to your loyal viewers, that it turns out is not true. And there is nothing worse than that. So you take as much time as possible and you vet even the ones you trust uh, because you can really do harm to families and to a community. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that crime is covered in Memphis makes you think that every hour at least a 1,000 people are dying, at, at a minimum. At a minimum, that simply is
0: not True, mm-hmm. period. So it's interesting. You referred to the newsroom slashes that have taken over the the industry. The Los Angeles Times, they slashed their newsroom by 20%. At the national level, CNN, The Washington Post, NPR, Vox, NBC News, CNBC, other organizations have had these massive layoffs. And we're even seeing it in local newsrooms as well. I still think local journalism matters. I mean, I'm curious about you as a meteorologist. You were competing with apps, right? That was not always the case at
4: one time, but it still matters to have a person that is relaying that information. Apps are wrong. I I mean, I get this question all the time because you've got a small group of people in Atlanta making decisions for a nation on apps, and they have no idea what's happening locally. But to, to get back to your point and Merle's as well, Just do the math. When you've got corporations gobbling up TV stations, everything now becomes the bottom line, and how is the stock price doing? How do you affect the stock price? You cut costs. How do you cut costs? You lay off people, or you slash salaries. I'm sure they were thrilled to see Merle's salary leave. I know they were thrilled to see my salary leave, and what do you do? You hire younger. A ton of kids. Less experienced, and much, much cheaper. Well, I've, I've heard this over and over from viewers who are watching local news going, product has changed and that's just that's going to be the law of the land as companies are taking resources away from these stations and it
11: doesn't mean that the younger people aren't working hard it doesn't mean they're not trying to get it right but there is no comparison to a combined what 60 years of experience combined to uh Four years
4: out of college, or or less, or less. They're trying. They're just they're trying. They're just, they're just, it just takes time. It's
11: not them. It's 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 you got to spend money for training, and that money very often is not there to assist the younger
2: folk. Bill, I'll, I'll get in on this, but I think today what I see is when I watch the national news and the news channels, it's like watching the National Enquirer speaking. Uh, I want truth, and I mean, and we just don't get truth, and I, I know we got two of the best people on TV right here in this studio today, and, uh, and it's just like politicians. They'd rather climb a thorn tree and tell a lie than stand on the ground and tell the truth. <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy how we hear things that are not truthful. And we, we strive for truth, we try. We strive for leadership, and we strive for communications at FCG, and that's what we do. But when I watch something, I want to hear the truth. I don't want to hear somebody saying something crazy where they just try to get my attention. And that's one thing good about this show, Ben, and you, that y'all really do it right, and I'm happy to Thank be you. a part of it.
0: Thank you. All right, on the other side of the break. So what's next, or what has Merle been up to? We'll ask her that question. Also... A new survey found that Gen Zers are now suffering from what they're calling menu anxiety, where some youngsters are scared to order their own food at new restaurants. We'll ask those that are not Gen Zers about that on the other side. And then also, is it okay to go to bed angry? Is it bad for you? We'll have that result on the other side. all right so she's won eight regional emmy awards the most prestigious edward r merle award all sorts of different awards so what does a woman like that do on her off time when she's not in your living room that's the question we're asking (laughs) merle purvis of course joey bill gurner also in studio so what what are you up to Well, um, I got BET
11: Plus. I've canceled because you had, what is it, seven days or (laughs) seven weeks or whatever. I've canceled that. And now I'm binge-watching Friends because it's happy. Yeah. And until the weather is warm, then I'm back in the yard. My back is almost healed from hauling concrete last year. And then I'm (laughs) planning a trip to Ireland. Uh, I'm going to the Peace Center for a while uh, out in Summer County when they finish that. Uh, I am going to <gasps> what? I'm I'm thinking about getting a pet. So no way. Like most people, I'm going to a pet show in Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> what is a pet show? I I've don't heard even of know. a you farm show. You what is know it? the Kettle Club where the oh, best like the dog show, like the movie. Yeah. I'm going to that to what pick is it? my like
0: cats, iguanas, or snakes, or is, <sighs> is it just? Wait, you're going to one of
11: those dog fancy show. dog shows and yeah, you're yeah, gonna yeah.
0: get a dog while you're well, there? Well,
11: I've got a friend who's showing her dog for the first time, so I thought. I need to go there and see which of the dogs. You can would, steal? Would, that can wake me up or just say, she's not getting up. Let me walk myself. <laughs> so that's what I've been doing.
0: Okay. Um, big passion. I know you care a lot about reading across the city oh, and teaching young people yes. literacy.
4: Yes. Joey and I have a book club. No way. Well, She's she's the leader of the band.
0: <laughs> so what does it look like? You pop up at different schools. <laughs> we text
4: each other books that we should read. We're voracious readers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, but yeah. but wow. she, her passion for that has spilled Love over for tickets. decades. I've watched her read to kids, provide books for kids, write checks for these kids. Um, it's a can, big can I do deal.
11: a plug for like businesses? You absolutely. I can. wanted our station to send volunteers into a nearby elementary school because I thought if we would read every day some of the workers to a class, uh, kindergarten or first grade, we could change the reading level in that school within one year upwards. Uh, I just, I look at their faces. I know instantly who's not getting read to at home Mm -hmm. and it breaks my heart and so if it's just reading to them it inspires them and they want and you should see me i'm a character when i read a book (laughs) but i do think that is the way we change things by reading to babies and just watching their brains explore what do i want to do next
0: yeah okay cool that's Wonderful. I love to see that. Um last question about the T V career, because we're gonna put a pin in it and then we're gonna move on. Do you miss it? No no. No. You no, no you did it. No, no. I stayed long enough. I and I took a long
11: time deciding. And and I knew I had I knew I could live okay
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> without working. <laughs> okay yeah all right i just was curious you know that's a long time to be on camera to be you know known around the community what's it like being at the kroger on kirby and someone walks up to you is, is, it's a,
11: it's the same thing yeah it's, uh, they, it's the same thing auntie Loyal. what do so they
0: call you uh, yeah, they i'm up. auntie auntie
11: auntie claudia bar claudia bar okay that's auntie ha- is now beating out claudia bar they would say claudia <laughs> you're like no no, no i don't. love you so much and of course <laughs> claudia was one of the first uh, female black female anchors in the southeast, and so that was kind of an honor. And sometimes, you know, depending on what I was looking like, I would s- just not correct them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, that that's funny. I um, had to ask you about that. All right. Is going to bed angry bad for you? I'm curious to know, Joey, do you go to, you've heard the statement, right? Like never let the sun go down on the ground or something. Do you suggest making the wrongs right before going to bed every night? You
4: know, I think, let's, let's put that in a bigger picture. Everybody needs to manage their emotions. And uh, if we're talking about in a relationship, I mean, being able to step back from conflict, take a moment to take a breath, Uh, a reset, that's healthy. So I'll say this. If going to bed angry means you both wake up calm and in a new frame of mind, I think that's okay. The bigger issue is, Let's give things time to cool down and breathe because cooler heads always prepare. Remember this. Oh, that's good. Remember this in any situation. Whoever yells loses. I don't care if it's at work. I don't care where you are. Whoever you've yells. You've already lost. You've lost. If you're yelling, you're losing. But it feels good. All right. <laughs> it does. I'm sorry. No. Yeah, it does. <laughs> what about you,
0: Bill? <laughs>
2: My motto is you can, even at work, you can say anything you have to say. It's the way you say it. If you phrase it correctly, it will be taken okay. But if you have a temper or you don't think it through, it can be a disaster. So if you have a hang-up with your boss, instead of just going in there mad and upset, think about it and approach it the right way, and you'll be okay. I that was really really was wise. That?
11: yeah Bill has that voice he always talked me into running for a political office he did really? right
2: and then I, I begged Merle to run for <laughs> political office <laughs> he begged <laughs> he begged Merle to run for mayor we almost had her whoa
0: no, can you imagine course.
11: Mayor Merle <laughs> uh, no. no she would have wanted no, a landslide I can tell no, you that right now I can't no I can't no of course not of course not what did he just say about politicians they lie <laughs> and you don't like to lie you don't lie you no, tell the truth so. no I don't I, it's anger is not my thing my thing is disappointment
0: the thing about going to bed angry here's the issue for me as someone who can be highly emotional I can't sleep if I'm angry so there's no sleeping there's no win-win for me because if I'm angry going to bed I don't sleep you're too worked up right yeah I'm too worked up I want to just get in there and I want to duke it out and I want to be so much closer on the other side That's why I'm not dating you never win that way Ben you're not
4: dating no it's the industry would you tell him I'm a matchmaker? She's a matchmaker. <laughs> six couples. She's the, she got the magic. Holy crap! Yeah, six couples. <laughs> no, no, it's what she does.
11: <laughs> so if you see a How car long? parked out there waiting for,
0: <laughs> I'm just checking out. You know. Okay.
4: All right. Hello, Dolly. <laughs> hello, Murr. She's Cupid.
0: Okay. I like this. Um, last thing, um, Gen Zers are suffering with menu anxiety. They say they're too scared to order their own food. They say all of the decisions on the menu make them feel anxious. So what they do is they ask a boomer to help them order. What do you make of it?
4: I, you know, I think I, I read that article, and part of it was about prices now are also through the roof. Yeah. Um, But, you know, let's get people just to stand on their own two feet.
11: And besides, a boomer would be their Gigi, their (laughs) grandma, their, right? Right. Right.
0: So. Also, if they do not have a picture on the menu, I also will walk out of that restaurant. That's why I don't go to (laughs) fence, like a Michelin star restaurant. You never find me in one because they don't have a picture. No picture, no prices. Uh, Ah, prices, prices. Uh, That is fraud. Yeah, like the BBC or Better Business Bureau. (laughs) The BBC. This is
4: America, Ben. Okay, USA. This
11: is my.
4: This is my love. Also,
0: Merle is having a fight with that microphone. No, it's giving up the ghost.
11: You know, this is my sign. Never go back.
4: (laughs) No, never return. That's what this broken microphone is telling (laughs) us. Stay away.
0: Never. But
11: (laughs) this is me. I want to sit in three thousand dollars chairs in the restaurant. But I want my food from South Memphis. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what? What's your favorite? If you could pick a, a favorite South Memphis,
11: uh, well, I, I would like turnip greens, uh, barbecue wings. Well, just dry wings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would like lima
4: beans. Best wings. Answer it. Come on, don't do me like that, brother. I know you want. I, I, I sat here and thought, so I asked her. <laughs> I'll tell you what, we had a consensus. All right, you've got 20 seconds. Elwood's. I got to go with Elwood shack.
2: Bill? If you go to a Mexican restaurant, would you order a number of 13? I don't even know what that is. Right,
11: they only want numbers, right? They only
0: want numbers. <laughs> Guys, no, thanks I for wouldn't. hanging out.
11: We're going to have to scoot
0: <laughs> to break. I got it's- box 13. I got it. I <laughs> wouldn't order it. I wouldn't order it. No 13s. Oh, now we're getting too controversial. <laughs> Guys, it was fun. We'll see you tomorrow morning.